600 in Europe, down over 5%. Uh, Again, presumably all linked to faster rate hikes. Yeah, I did, definitely. Uh, I think the market got a little excited uh, post-June, uh, uh, and July was, a, was a, a sort of summer of love for the equity market um, to some extent, um, and reality kicked back uh, thanks to the Fed um, in the back half of August. Uh, September's always a tricky month, historically, for stocks, so we'll watch it closely. Um, firstly, led into central bank meetings again post-summer, uh, inflation data, and as I mentioned earlier, the employment data tonight um, will be interesting to sort of set a marker for what the Fed are likely to do in September. Toby, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Societe General India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Around Asian markets in Australia, the SX200 is flat. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down 0.1%. Cosby in South Korea up 0.4%. And it's looking like a flat open for the Hang Seng in just under an hour's time. Thank you very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Please join me again on Monday morning. Coming up after the news in a moment is Back Chats with Janice Wong and Andrew Work. Uh, the weather forecast, very hot and dry during the day. Maximum temperature around 34 degrees. That very hot weather warning is back in force. Uh, it's going to be fine and very hot and dry during the day in the next few days. Temperature right now, 27 degrees, 70% relative humidity. 31. Here's Andrew Shrosky with the Half Hour News. Thank you, Peter. Children as young as five may soon need to use the government's vaccine pass to enter restaurants and other premises as officials look for new ways to try to boost the COVID vaccination rate. The Center for Health Protection's Dr. Chuang Shukwan said officials will soon give details on how they're to be included in the scheme, although there will be a two-month grace period. RTHK's Vanessa Cheng spoke to some parents to gauge their reaction. If the kids five years old should have the pass to go to the restaurant, that means they also need to have the mobile phone. Then I think this is not reasonable and crazy. I think it's a little bit troublesome because for kids with such a young age, I'm afraid a lot of parents will have concern to have them get vaccination. I'm not sure how popular the policy will be among the parents. Hong Kong's daily COVID tally has passed the 10,000 mark with the Center for Health Protection reporting 10,586 new infections yesterday, 244 of them imported. Just over 2,600 coronavirus patients are in hospital with 14 in intensive care. A 15-month-old girl is also critical. Dr. Chuang Shukwan says case numbers are continuing to rise. We still have an increasing trend of the number of confirmed cases. So the number of cases exceeding 10,000 is within our expectation. The proportion of severe and death cases has not yet been increased. But of course, the absolute num- number has been increasing uh, because of the increasing in the denominator. We will be closely monitoring the situation and we are um, more concerned about the the burden to the hospital authority, the the bad numbers and the uh, services. Authorities also reported another 11 COVID-related deaths. Overseas, the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency says his team will maintain a presence at the Russian-held Zaporizhia power plant in Ukraine following a preliminary inspection. Rafael Grossi, who has since left with some of his colleagues, said he remained worried about the stability of the plant, which has been put at risk by shelling. We are not going anywhere. The IEA is now there, is at the plant, and is not moving. It's going to stay there. 
we're going to have a continued uh, presence there uh, at the plant with uh, some of my experts and of course now we have uh, with my team here we have a lot of work in terms of a detailed analysis of some of the more technical aspects of what we saw. More than 20 million people in the mainland city of Chengdu have been ordered to stay indoors following an outbreak of COVID. It remains unclear whether the measure will be lifted once the mass testing operation is finished on Sunday. It's the biggest mainland city to be locked down since controls were imposed in Shanghai earlier this year. Other major cities, including Shenzhen, Guangzhou, Tianjin and Dalian, have also stepped up COVID restrictions this week. You're listening to the news on RTHK. It says children aged between 5 and 11 will soon need to have at least two COVID jabs to enter restaurants and other public premises. There would be a grace period of two months and more details will follow next week. This comes as Hong Kong recorded more than 10,000 cases on Thursday, the highest number of new daily infections in five months. After 9.15, we'll look at the Ombudsman report on illegal Kaito ferry services in Hong Kong. Tune in just to find out what Kaito means and why it's a problem in our city. Reach out now with your thoughts, your questions, and your comments on our Facebook page, Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us at 23388266. All right. Uh, kicking off today's show, too, and get into this topic, uh, we're joined by Professor Lau Yu Lung, the chairman of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine Preventable Diseases. Good morning, Professor Lau. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So good morning. why the change in policy about children? Uh, do we have a new understanding of how COVID is spread among children? Is it because of the, the new vaccines that are coming down the pipe for children? What What is changed now that is changing government policy? Um, I think everyone is quite clear. The number of cases reported is actually rising every day. Uh, and the projection, it's, uh, of course, is uh, over 100,000 yesterday, but it will not stop there. It will keep rising. And the projection is it will uh, perhaps uh, peak at around, well, anything between 100,000 to 200,000. So if you take a, a middle, then it will be 150,000. When your denominator gets high, what it means is that all the numerators, despite the percentage is the same, will increase. And the first uh, concern for the whole society is the hospital authority and soft services already under enormous stress. It has already raised to what we call a phase 3A, that means they have to really take away manpower uh, from the normal service up to 40% now in order to cope with the influx of the patients. As you've already reported, uh, I think yesterday is about 2,600 COVID patients actually in the hospitals, and that number will keep increasing. And there's only one step uh, to what actually happened uh, during the February, March, uh, Omicron, B2 uh, tsunami, and when the government needed to convert the whole of QE, that is Queen Elizabeth Hospital, the vaccinated hospital. I do not want, and no one wants that to happen because that will have severe impact on our routine services. If you just imagine uh, people with cancer, with heart disease, with brain disease, uh, and so on, uh, could not get their service, what would that mean? Mm. Uh, it would be horrific, right? Right. So we, we must make sure the public health uh, care system uh, would not actually go into that direction. But more importantly for children, because the you know 
the children in terms of the vaccination coverage is still far from ideal. Uh, if you look at the primary school and the kindergarten, the 3 to 11, uh, I think the second dose coverage is about 66%. And the total pop there is about half a million. So if you make a quick calculation uh, with the quote-unquote vaccine pass to be announced next week, that will increase uh, the motivation for parents to at least to get, uh, uh, you know, uh, to to take the children for vaccination because they might want the for five to eleven to move around in the society. Um, in fact, if you look at the first dose, it's not bad at all for that uh, age category. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, really for them to catch up <laughs> to those two. So, um, but yeah, but were, were children seen as the weak, the weak link in our armor? Are they are they the super spreaders? Are they spreading it without symptoms, or do we know that children are a weak spot? Like, why children in particular? Uh, so as I've already mentioned, uh, children, as compared to the working adult population, the coverage is still not good enough, especially the under three. As you know, we've only started the vaccination for under three about four weeks ago, and for that coverage, is only. Um, about 11.7% this morning. Mm-hmm. So about uh, uh, 12,000 has been vaccinated uh, out of the total pop of 123,000. That's just over 10%. And then for the 3 to 11, the first dose are not bad. It's about 80%. But if you use that vaccine pass, it will really hasten um, the, you know, those who should get the vaccination, but uh, maybe with delay a bit. Okay, I've already had my first dose. I'll get my second dose. And very quickly, uh, you will get that right up uh, to 80-90% for the second dose. That is not difficult uh, to reach uh, because that's uh, about hundred, less than 100,000. Okay. So, so, Professor Lau, so mm-hmm. Professor Lau uh, yes. the, the government's plan to expand the vaccine pass to uh, children as young as five, it's basically a move to encourage parents to get their kids vaccinated then? Yes, it's a motivation uh, given. Uh, uh, because just to really encourage those people who've got vaccinated uh, to have... Uh, know uh, that degree of freedom while those who are elected not to we respect they do not want their children to be vaccinated but they need to observe a certain uh, restriction and of course that restriction will not be forever when a well health organization announced the whole well african health pandemic all these uh, uh, measures will be uh, taken away uh, one at a time not uh, <laughs> in one big swap you know mm-hmm. um, of, of course the first thing is the border control and in terms of the testing and the quarantine and isolation. And then the second step possibly will be the restrictions within the own community, including a vaccine pass. And the last thing to take away will be our mask, because that will be a, a minimal cost. Of course, as an individual, I do not like the mask as well, but that, that has a minimum impact if we accept it on our social life, our economic life. Um, so um, that will, so they, they could elect not to vaccinate their children, but. They have to wait until uh, the world announces we're out of pandemic and then the whole world will move out together. And, uh, and Professor Lam, I just now I used the word um, encourage, but, but some parents might feel like they are being forced. Um, what do you have to say to them? Oh, okay, so that those uh, activities and outside the school, I don't think it's uh, essential, especially those so-called interest uh, source uh, classes. Uh, in fact, I do not agree. Uh, every child needs to have their whole day packed with all these kind of activities, uh, going to extra tuition, music, and ballet, and God knows what. Uh, children need to have sort of empty space, empty time, just to dream. But in terms of school activities, uh, I'm sure everyone in Hong Kong knows, uh, including your, 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 your program, that I, I, I really take school 
face-to-face activities as the core central core rights of any child uh, because that's where they interact with a group of people their peers and their and the teachers uh, for their social development for their mental psychological development and some of the friends that in in the schools will be their lifelong friends so that is the central core rights uh, but however if you go to your tuition class your ballet class i'm so sorry i i myself as a pediatrician as a father uh, of three and, and and knows a lot of young families i do not agree to pack children with all these kind of activities Sorry. I, I guess i guess middle middle class and rich kids get overloaded i mean but people in poorer income families i mean the school is the only chance uh, the kids get yes, to have these yes, kind of activities yes, I, I mean it's a big yep, difference I agree with you. that's why it's core that's why it's central and we we cannot take that away i i've actually uh, sort of really um, repeated my, my view even before the government um, sort of uh, announced the vaccine pass or, or when, you know, the Education Bureau mentioned that they might uh, stop, stop classes and I said, no, you cannot stop, you know. Right. Is, is there a great weight of expectation? I mean, if the government kind of sets this up as, okay, we're, we're going to get all the kids vaccinated next and then the numbers will go down. I mean, do, but does it create perhaps uh, an, an unfair or undue expectation that uh, if, if the government you know, if the numbers don't come down, then the government has, has oh, uh, not right. been hitting the right target. I mean, or, or people's expectations get too high from these types of things. Um, okay, so I think every step makes a bit of difference, and no one big step will change the world, uh, not at all. Every day we just do our very best, a, a little step at a time, and when every single one of us uh, do our own, uh, say for example, you know, uh, respect the mask. Uh, sort of you, you, you cannot take it off and have a, sort of free chat in, in whatever crowded environment and then for the children uh, they get their vaccination and everyone care uh, what Hong Kong should be like and I think we would be able to move out and of course uh, the pandemic has got its own life it, it will live uh, and, uh, sort of and go down the journey whether you like it or not what we can do is to modify it so that it will have the least damage to us Okay. damage to us. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, as we projected, it would go up and up, but of course we could modify it, so it would not go up to, to say, now it's 100,000, we, we don't want it to go to 200,000. If we do something, it might be 150 or 130,000, and then it would turn the corner and, and come down. But it would turn the corner uh, on its own pace. Okay. And what we can do is modulate the, the, the peak of the wave as well as the spread. So basically squash it down um, in a sense that it's not like a tsunami. If you look at those uh, graphs, uh, in, in, I mean, all in the public domain, it's like a dagger and it, it, it hit our heart. Gotcha. In, yeah, in absolutely. It was really tragic. So uh, if we squash it down, it will become, uh, I don't know, a dumbbell or whatever. A little, a little bit hit, but it won't kill us. Yeah. Right, a little bit flatter at least. We've got a caller on the line. We're going to go to her in just a second. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're going to go now to our caller, Connie. Connie, welcome to Backchat. Yeah, hi. Morning. Hi. Morning, Good. everyone. Morning. Connie, um, you're calling in. Uh, do you have kids? Uh, yes. It's about the government is expected to to extend the vaccine to children aged between 5 to 11, right? And, and do you have children in that age range? Uh, no, actually, my, my girl is in secondary four. Okay. Yeah, but uh, just some uh, opinion and want to say about that. Too. So to parents, is actually, it makes things complicated and inconvenient 
but uh, I, I know that we need to fit to the the big environment in Hong Kong. But to the government, um, the government can keep monitoring these age groups movement. Let's say if the restaurants get the case, and then the government can trace from the western part and can control the spreading of virus effectively. So you're you're not you're not concerned about younger children getting the vaccine. Your your kids are all va- your kids are all vaxxed up. Uh, she's got uh, three vaccine already. Three. So yep, that's pretty complete. Yes, she, she, yes, she she's got uh, his own cell phone, so so she can scan and the uh, vaccine pass when she go into the restaurant. So yeah. it's no problem for her. All right, for, 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 Professor Lau, what do you think of what Connie is saying? Is uh, she suggesting maybe monitoring is better than uh, this uh, expanding this uh, vaccine pass? I think um, this uh, mother is doing her very best, and I, I, I salute her. And of course. Um, a young girl, uh, I think in secondary school, also being a very responsible person, had the three doses and then understand how to use um, all the sort of, you know, uh, apps in order to move around in the society. So I, I applaud her. Um, in, with regard to, to monitor, I, I think it's uh, now to a point that it is not possible uh, to track because if you think about we've got 100,000 cases yesterday and then uh, for every single one of those cases, if you want to trace their contacts, uh, it will be at least three or four or maybe even five or six. And then it will roll up. And then if you've got um, uh, other situations, it, it, it's just going to a number that no no, no government can do it, um, perhaps only in mainland. Um, uh, so this is not possible. Even in mainland, I don't think it is possible when you get up to that uh, number. So we must concentrate to where uh, we should focus, and that is uh, in in, in the hospital, the high-risk area, uh, in the OH homes, that is a residential care home for elderly, uh, mm-hmm. for the handicapped. Uh, and then for schools, uh, because schools, of course, uh, they, they, they are all in one, one place. And, um, and and I think school activity is so important. So we, we must do our very best to stop uh, outbreak in schools and then resulting in closure of school. Um, I keep coming back to school because um, I've just read the news. Um, because of the COVID, because of the close down, uh, of the face-to-face activity in America. They've just got a national uh, survey of the young children, I think nine years of age, in terms of their mathematical skills and the language skills. They've actually gone back 20 years, my God. I mean, especially for the poor, as well as uh, for the ethnic minorities. And in Jeez. any disaster, it's always the poor and the minority group got hit really hard. Yeah. Terrible. 20 years, back 20 years. Okay. And of course, in America... Uh, their average lifespan also gone down. And it's just, I cannot imagine it. You know, 79 years is now down to 76. 79 is uh, before the the COVID, and last year is 76. It's got three years knocked out. Professor Lau, Professor Lau, I just have a quick question for for Connie before before we let her go. Um, Connie, you, you mentioned uh, that uh, you, you're worried that the uh, system will be complicated. Why is that? Nowadays, the children are smart, they are familiar with using smartphone, right? But um, but for the age group from 5 to 11, they are just, just children, just a kid. When, when they're going uh, into the restaurants, they are too excited, they want to play and walk around. So if the parents stop um, at the front door and scan the code, it's a little bit inconvenient. 
But however, I I know that this is the big trend for, for this. Uh, every people need, need to do it. So, uh, for the vaccine record is in the smartphone or the paper format. I I think it's also both be acceptable. Right. So, yes. Well, well, uh, well, Connie, we'll, we'll be uh, able to find out more details next week when uh, the government uh, announces more details. Uh, thank you for calling in. All right. Yeah. We're, we'd like to welcome on the show now Agnes Tang as the secretary for the Joint Council of the Parent Teacher Associations of the Sha Tin District. Uh, good morning, Agnes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. What yeah. kind of a reaction are you getting from parents uh, across the associations in Sha Tin? I'm, as a parent, I'm concerning a young age kids how to storage and use their fastening QR code by themselves, especially in school without the parents' assist. And the teacher may, may not enough manpower to assist all the children to use the QR code to scan it. What, why would they need a QR code every day? I mean, if you know the kid is vaccinated, they're not going to become unvaccinated. Like, why would they have to show something every day? I mean, I mean, that would be one question I would have. If, if a kid has to show a QR code every single day, I mean, I guess maybe if they've been a close contact, is that a problem? Yes, because if you scan the QR code, you need a smartphone mm-hmm. or you need a uh, the vaccinate certificate. But the problem is, uh, I don't. Uh, most of parents thinking how a five years old age kid can bring that smartphone. Uh, oh, I'm sure the kids. Are, I'm sure they, the kids will, will love it. Yeah, I'm sure the kids will love it because all the kids want to have a phone. You know, a lot of parents, including myself, resisted giving our kids a smartphone as long as we could because you know we know how reading drops off. They kind of lose their minds. <laughs> I mean, but but apparently there will be a paper option available. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when I see little kids going to school in the morning, don't they have a little ID card or something that they all carry, like with their octopus? If, if they could have a paper version, would that be fine? Then no smartphone required. But for the ID card, honestly, um, the school ID card, um, only it's very limitation of the personal detail, but the of the vaccination certificate have a lot of their personal details, the data. We are we concerning if they lost the QR code, um, maybe some bad guys got it, maybe they can get that data. And use it for identity theft. I mean, children yeah. are children are usually good targets for identity theft, uh, you know, because they don't have a big a big background already and they don't check it very often. the security and the, uh, the younger children cannot protect the personal data. Okay. Professor Lau, do you have any insight on security of the QR codes and people and, and personal data of children in particular? Um, not personally. Um, um, I really I, really focus on my own expertise and I think uh, the government, why they uh, sort of really announce that they will uh, come out with all the details next week is basically to listen to all the sort of worries and concerns from citizens like Agnes. So I thank Agnes for bringing that out. And I'm sure government is going to monitor that and see how to respond. And of, of course, uh, I've already heard yesterday, I, I, I just like you, I've been getting all the news from from, from from the media, not from the government, that uh, there will be a paper form. I've just heard from you. Um, and then, of course, well, my WhatsApp group 
yes, they could use their, the vaccination record, uh, not cut it out, but you could photocopy and then that could be acceptable. So there are plenty of ways uh, to get around all the issues and concerns that Agnes actually uh, raised. Uh, just, you should cast your mind back when we first suggested or took one uh, in CHPDH uh, suggested to do a daily uh, rapid test, a rap test uh, for children. If you remember in your back chat, a lot of parents were throwing up their arms and said, oh my God, how could that be? Now, several months past, it becomes a routine. It's like uh, you know, getting up and brush your teeth and it's brush your nose instead and then do a few steps. And I've got my own uh, sort of patient as young as three are so happy they could do your, their own nasal swap. Of course, it might not be up to standard. And then the rest is done by the mum. So I think there will be initial worry and concern that is very uh, natural that it's uh, to be expected. So I, I, I respect Agnes and all the other parents' uh, concern. But voice out your concern, and I'm quite sure uh, when it comes down to implementation, all that concerns will be uh, hopefully taken care of and, and solved. Because mm. there are always more solutions than problems. Uh, let us be positive. Hong Kong and the world has gone through too much. Right. Don't be negative. One, one, of, the, one of the problems, uh, Agnes, that you raised, uh, because, of course, you're, you're with the Joint Council of Parents and teachers uh, was manpower in the school. Schools are struggling to hire teachers right now. Uh, would they get more administrative staff? Are they going to dump the uh, monitoring of this on the teachers? You know, where where, where do the concerns lie there? Because um, for now, for for secondary school, for example, the secondary school, the the kids, the children already can handle. Uh, the device and the, the the smartphone like this, but for the younger kids, uh, I don't think that they will fall they will fall for the uh, the smartphone. I think mm-hmm. uh, instead of using for the the scan the QR only, that is the concern. Professor Lau, do you think you can sort of clarify this uh, plan to expand the vaccine pass to uh, children as young as five? I mean, will, I mean, I, I will they just need to use it when they go to, for example, restaurants and libraries, yes, and and they don't need to, yeah, yeah, but they don't the need school, to, yes. No, no, school they don't get because um, we've already um, sort of, uh, you know announced what what actually constitutes core rights and, and so on, um, and, and I, I don't think that we should mix that up. And are parents uh, going to be out there trying to see if they can find a doctor who will give them an exemption? Will there be an exemption program as well? Because I know uh, doctors in Hong Kong can be pretty accommodating when it comes to paying customers. Uh, with, uh, no, yeah, and with very valid reasons. I've signed an uh, exemption certificate myself personally, uh, but those are for very good, uh, sound reasons uh, rather than just you know, being urged by parents with anxiety and so on. But, you know... Uh, I think each doctor should, of course, have their own yardstick uh, when and how to uh, sign out an exemption uh, certificate. Uh, I respect there will be a small percentage of citizens, uh, whether children or adults, uh, they, they cannot get the vaccination because of private uh, reaction to that vaccine. Uh, of course, uh, that is a very valid reason. And there might be other valid reasons that I'm not aware of. Uh, but those are the real minority. I don't think it's more than 5%, maybe a few percentage of the total uh, population. So I, I don't think we should encourage parents to go down that route. Uh, that would be totally wrong. Um, uh, of course, uh, not uh, only rich family would, would have smartphones for, for the primary school kids. Uh, for those uh, who cannot, I think a paper form is one way out. But I, I, I do not know all the implementation details.
shows. But that's for the government and the relative departments to sort that out. Yeah. Agnes, um, how resistant is your organization going to be to these measures? Are you going to be, you know, creating some kind of a protest or letter campaign, or are you just going to express a little bit of concern and then go along with whatever happens? You'll be, you'll be, the parents, the teachers will all be a-okay with that. So we, we might look to that then. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Agnes Tang, who is the secretary at the Joint Council of the Parent-Teacher Associations of the Sha Tin District. Uh, I believe she is on her way, but we are going to uh, have Professor Lao Yu Lung, the chairman of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine Preventable Diseases, uh, is going to be with us after the news uh, and a quick break. And then later in the show, we are going to be discussing illegal Kaito ferry services. And if you're scratching your head and wondering what does Kaito mean, so was I yesterday. But we're going to have it all uh, in detail for you in the second half of the show. So we hit at the top of the hour. The weather is mainly fine. It's going to be very hot and dry during the day. Very uh, fine and hot and dry over the weekend. The temperature is now 28 degrees Celsius and the humidity is 69%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. work and I'm here with Janice Wong and we are talking about uh, the COVID situation in general but prompted in particular uh, by this new announcement that uh, we're going to get more news about it next week but that within two months children between the ages of 5 and 11 are going to have their own QR code and need to have at least one shot to be able to go to school and to restaurants and all kinds of things and we're joined uh, we're continuing to be joined by Professor Lao Yu Lung he's the chairman of the scientific committee on vaccine preventable diseases uh, and we were getting into it Professor Lao uh, you were alluding to this in the first part of the show but you were you were also in the press yesterday talking about the end of the pandemic possibly in 2023 officially not doesn't mean it's gone forever, but it means that, you know, officially the United Nations may make some kind of a pronouncement. Can you expand on that a little bit? That is my, my own personal uh, sort of, uh, estimation. Right. Because in, in, in the past, the pandemic usually will last about three to five or up to six years. So by end of this year, we should reach uh, the lower bound, that is uh, three years. Uh, but of course, um, uh, sort of different from the past that we have got the vaccination. And I think this is unprecedented in human history. Uh, so many people got vaccinated in so short a time uh, with um, sort of very effective vaccines. So basically it will push the end of the pandemic a bit faster uh, compared to if you do nothing. And of course, uh, the world also is much different uh, compared to 100 years ago. People move around a lot. And therefore that will actually aid the spread 
spread of the virus uh, itself. So all that make me feel um, the end of the pandemic should be near the low bang rather than the high bang, which you could be six years or and, and above even. And judging from the rich countries, the well-resourced countries, the vaccination coverage is not bad. You know, and of course, there are multiple ways, whether Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and now it's the Omicron, has been really uh, infecting people not vaccinated or even you got vaccinated, you got infected. That is how a pandemic will end. That means the total population will be infected, infected, reinfected multiple times un- until every single one of us are more or less uh, have got the immunity. And vaccination basically uh, helped to hasten this, uh, hasten this process uh, a bit. And of course, uh, some countries uh, without uh, very good vaccination coverage and still announce the, the pandemic is over and it's like a flu. It's really based on a, a lot of uh, uh, sort of um, you know um, judgment. Basically, it's, it's a judgment rather than what should be done. So there's no right or wrong. They judge uh, whatever is more important uh, than uh, sort of uh, keeping certain degree of border measures or isolation, quarantine, or even masking, then they choose a path uh, to really get the infection going and infect more people. And But at, of course, that is at a price uh, because we understand uh, the COVID. If you got infected, uh, of course, you've got acute uh, problems. I've already mentioned and many people mentioned. But now, of course, it's the long COVID. It's getting more and more of concern and more research data is coming out, um, a, a sizable percentage will be affected. So other countries will take a more uh, conservative, uh, more uh, sort of, uh, 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 sort of lower measures uh, to get out of the pandemic. And I guess um, with all that, uh, and of course, uh, the WHO will be the, the authoritative uh, sort of uh, uh, judgment when the pandemic will be finished. Um, and I think uh, WHO a couple months ago said, no, the pandemic is still around. So sorry, don't, don't yeah. think the pandemic is over. Uh, I think, uh, I'm just guessing basically, could be sometime uh, next year, uh, middle or the end of uh, next year, when most countries, even the resource-limited countries, would have all the vaccination, and, and if they are not vaccinated, maybe reinfected. And then the WHO would monitor and see the whole world. It's uh, really uh, recovering in terms of number of cases, number of deaths, uh, uh, and so on. And then when announced the pandemic is over, once that is done, then uh, all countries will feel comfortable to take out all the uh, control measures. Of course, the first will be the border uh, control uh, in terms of, you know, uh, you always talk about you have to check your PCR when you arrive at a country, you have to be in a hotel and then you, your, your, your movement will be limited. So all that will be taken away first because that, it, that is important for the whole world to get back to normality. Gotcha. And then, of course, uh, in, internally uh, in the community, of course, even the vaccine pass will go one day. As I've already alluded to earlier on, you have to wait until if you don't want to get vaccination and you might have some restriction in terms of your activity, but not your core activity, like going to school. For children, going to school is a core activity. It cannot be disturbed by vaccine pass. Yeah. Uh, then um, they'll be taken out. But the, the mask will be the last thing to take out because that is have the, the minimum uh, sort of uh, impact on our social economic life. But even Oof. for children, I think the masking should be taken off uh, uh, sort of earlier because uh, having of uh, able to look at the face and judging the facial expression is so so important for young children, young babies. Uh, I hear you. Uh, that, uh, to, 
to, to develop socially, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I've, I'm sorry, the mask for me last ago. I absolutely detest them, especially outdoors in the summer. I've got a barrage of emails that landed uh, here in the studio during the break. I'm going to have to try and get through them. And Dr. Lau, some of them are questions, so we've got to be quick. Uh, a couple of comments first. Okay. An, uh, Richard, Richard Richard says, there's an old saying, children shall be seen and not heard. Unfortunately for Hong Kong, they've changed it to children shall not be seen or heard. How much more can the government take away from kids? I'm taking that as a rhetorical question. Uh, I've got a comment here from John that finishes with a question, but it's, it's a huge one. Listen to the doctor speaking now saying that the Hong Kong medical system could collapse merely because the number of people reporting they test positive for COVID becomes very high. One must wonder what is wrong with the Hong Kong medical system. Other places do not seem to have this problem and do not worry about the number of cases anymore. They talk of a post-COVID world and the COVID experience being equivalent to a mild cold. Hong Kong now seems to be unique in the world in having masks, apps, and restrictions. Well, China, Taiwan... But the result of COVID in Hong Kong is quite mediocre compared with other places. If you look at deaths per million, is it the case, as some of my friends around the world speculate, that the Hong Kong actually has a poorly organized and third world medical system? Uh, that's from John, who emailed us. Um, I mean, I would, you know, I would argue we don't have a third world medical system, but people in other countries might get that impression if we keep saying that our system is going to collapse when nobody else's is. Is that is that fair, Doctor Lau? Is maybe people getting a you know false impression of our system because we have such a more strict response to COVID compared to other places? Uh, not at all. I think um, um, the, the audience um, might have not been able to have the full information and arriving as what I see uh, a totally misjudged uh, of conclusion. That's well, what, we're, what, he's saying, what he's saying is the perception, not not the reality, yeah. but the perception yeah. abroad is yeah. that there sure. must be something sure. wrong because why are we yeah. still panicked yeah. when everybody else has moved on? Yeah, yeah, because all these are based on figures and, 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 and information, all documented, um, uh, in a sense that all the sorts of people got admitted to our hospitals, they're elderly, they have got multiple comorbidities. Once they hit by the COVID or the SARS coronavirus V2, they get sick. Uh, basically, uh, the COVID-19 itself is, is, is not as bad as the first wave. That the, what I mean the first wave is the first wave this year. That is the fifth wave. However, because it will trigger off a train of events, the heart disease will, will go off control, the, the brain disease will go off control, and all that uh, cannot be taken care of in community. Um, and, and therefore, they got stuck in a hospital. And then you quickly accumulate to 2,600, when it reaches 3,000, then you have to move around the beds as well sure. as the manpower to look after them. Um, so it's, it's, it's a kind of a ripple uh, effect. Uh, but of course, the other thing, it's, um, I've already mentioned about the average lifespan. The average lifespan of Hong Kong citizens is uh, equal to that of Japan, which is the, the highest in the world. Yeah. So we have so many over 80 years old. Now I've suddenly realized we've got old people over 100 years old, so quite a few of them. Every day when you've listened to 430, oh my God, there's another 100, 304. So we've got, a, in terms of proportional-wise, we've got a much older population than, say, in, I don't know, in America, in, in other countries, and, and, and so on. The, the average lifespan in in the United States, it's only 76 now. You know, mm -hmm. ours is seven, uh, it's 84 or 85, I can't even remember. So we are at least uh, nearly 10 years older than them, average, yeah. you know? Yeah, that yeah. is huge. Okay, uh, I've, got, I've got three more that I've got to get here, and we've got John for maybe another two or three minutes, so we'll have to, quick answers. Um, I, 
uh, this is from Eileen. Eileen has a lot of questions. I think that what we need to ask is why is COVID spreading again? What are people not doing? Are we becoming COVID fatigued and not being as careful as we used to be? Are masks working? I know that Omicron is more transmissible. Uh, Eileen says, I myself had COVID about six weeks ago and was lucky that it was with mild symptoms. I understand that people need to be protected. However, I think the government needs to let up. The flu, for example, can kill 290,000 to 600,000 approximately each year. Cancer and heart disease kill millions each year. And in fact, more are going undiagnosed and are dying unnecessarily. And then she finishes with another question more pointed. I don't think Professor Lau answered the question, um, are children super spreaders? Did we, have a yes, did we have a yes or no on that? Was it, are children super spreaders? Yes or no? Uh, I do not have the answer to that question, but what I know is that we need to protect the children, even if they are not super spreaders. Um, so would that be an argument not to vaccinate them, uh, to prevent them from having severe events like croup or acute encephalitis? So I could not understand the, the reason to ask that question, unless it's about the sort of, uh, in, sort of vaccinating the children in order to stop the pandemic that is not mm-hmm. my intent my intent is to say uh, we need to protect the children uh, when they got infected they've got severe diseases uh, and so on of course a super spreading event uh, occur not because of that individual it's because of a combination of the environmental uh, impact whether you live in a very crowded environment with very bad sewage system and of course uh, for some patients they could be super spreaders in a sense that they cannot get rid of their virus because they are immunodeficient. Mm-hmm. So super spreading person or super spreading should be an event, not a person. Uh, so it's a combination of the host, a combination of the environments, um, and so on. So it's extremely complex. I cannot answer that question in one go. But what yeah. I'm trying to say to vaccinate children is not because they are super spreaders. I'm so sorry. It's be- okay. If I give a, give a wrong self impression to this audience. It's, it's another, another brick in the wall, so to speak. It's one, one of the many steps we're taking. Um, here's one starts off. Uh, this is from Mike uh, and Professor Lau. I think you're going to take issue with some of this, but so brace yourself. Uh, Mike says, "Good morning, Janice. Uh, <laughs> quick professor. Good morning. <laughs> quick question for Professor Lau. He says, Mike says the vaccine plays absolutely no role in preventing the transmission of the virus. So why coerce parents to have their children vaccinated with a drug that has zero long-term safety data, especially with regards to fertility and immune-mediated diseases? A recent study from Germany, Germany and Sweden shows that not a single previously healthy child died from COVID over the last two years. You must surely be aware of this study. It's actually a crime against humanity to coerce people to take an experimental drug. You surely must be aware of the Nuremberg Code. Do you remember the oath you took after qualifying? First, do no harm. Uh, Dr. Lau, which part of that would you like to tackle first? Uh, A study that says that no previously healthy child died from COVID in the last two years? Is that something? uh, No, no, there are plenty of studies uh, stating that there are normal children to actually die from COVID-19. In fact, in Hong Kong, we've got a committee uh, sort of uh, under the hospital authority uh, to look at all the severe critical cases and including the death cases. And in Hong Kong, I think uh, for that age bracket that not many die, but uh, I think up to 12 or 15, I can't remember the exact number, and a good proportion of them, uh, in fact, are previously healthy, uh, including the most recent two cases. They're previously healthy. They've got no, no other illnesses, but one got acute encephalitis, still in ICU. The other one that was just mentioned early on yesterday at 4.30, it's a, uh, uh, it's a 15-year-old girl, also a very severe disease. Uh, she's actually in shock state, and she's totally previously healthy as well. So I don't know um, what this audience would want uh, yeah. to, 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 
to 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 change his mind. I, I do not know what, what can change his mind. He possibly cannot change his mind. I'm so sorry. Mm, okay, another question from uh, uh, another Andrew, not me, a different one. Uh, he says, uh, "Dear Backchat, I'm wondering how many of the new COVID cases previously caught Omicron and were vaccinated. Do we have those stats? Probably not. Catch Omicron? You mean vaccinated and got?" There are quite a few of them because at the end of the day, when you've got three or four doses of vaccination, you're going to get infected. And as for that, the previous audience, that in fact, uh, for pandemic to finish, uh, you will get infected and then reinfected. Uh, of course, the reinfection rate will be not so high uh, until every single one of us got a degree of immunity. And then um, the death case and, and then people will start thinking, oh, my God, that we are out of the pandemic. So I think that is the natural Okay. Well, I'm glad we got we got through the at least we got through the uh, the emails uh, that we had in, which I wasn't sure we were Thank going to you. be able to do. But I've I've got one of my own. Canada recently approved a new ver- a new uh, variation of the Moderna uh, vaccine, which apparently targets the original strains of COVID, but also some of the more prevalent uh, Omicron strains that have come come down the line. Now, should we be looking to get? new or different vaccines in Hong Kong? Is that something the government's committing, uh, considering beyond the, the two that we have as options right now? Uh, do, do not wait for the Omicron BA1 or the BA5 because um, Hong Kong already gone through the BA2 uh, early on this year. Now we're going through a BA5. So a lot of us will got infected and just stick to the first generation vaccine that we've got right now. And, and that will be the best uh, approach. Do not wait. Get the vaccination. All right. I, I, I think I need to be off now. Another radio station is for me. Like well, now. good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad because we got our next guest later. Thank you very much for joining okay. us today, Bye-bye. Professor Lau Yulong, okay. Chairman you. of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine and Preventable Diseases. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. All right, uh, we're moving on to our second topic of the day here on Backchat. We're going to be talking about illegal Kaito ferry services. We're speaking to Christine Fong, who is a Sai Kung District Councillor, and I believe uh, been on the show many times before. Good morning, Christine Fong. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Christine Fong, I have to admit, and pretty much everybody I talked to yesterday, when we said Kaito ferry services, and even uh, you know local Hong Kongers that speak, read, and write, Cantonese were like, I have never heard this word before. What is a Kaito ferry service? Okay, uh, Kaito is a uh, well, traditional boat. Like uh, they used to be a fisherman, they used this kind of boat to do fishing. Or, uh, but but uh, at that at, uh, old time, we in old time they they used this kind of ferry to um, you know pick up the uh, passengers from different island to island. Or even, you know, there are many in Saikong. Probably um, we can see there. In fact, uh, in the transportation department, we have 72 routes uh, for Kaito. And uh, there's uh, 16 routes are, uh, is a, a routine one. Uh, and the rest, uh, 56, are, uh, you know, upon the surface, upon calling the surface. So that kind of Kaito are uh, running normally in Saikong or even uh, offshore island of uh, Hong Kong. Gotcha. And they're, 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 they're bigger than sampans. If people think they're, if people have a sampan in their mind, they're not like yeah. a sampan. Either. They're, they're kind it's of bigger. Not, they have not, like a structure yeah. on it. Yes, it is. And some of them, they, they may have, uh, you know, like double deck, in fact. Some of the title, most of them, uh, you know, if from the big uh, um, 
boat company or ferry company, they have double deck. In fact, the ground, they have two levels. Uh, the ground, they have probably maybe have 30 seats or even upper part, they have, uh, they can uh, manage uh, 73 or somehow um, maximum 140 seats for Kaito. Wow. And some are smaller, some okay. are smaller seats, all, all up to the, the operator. Gotcha. And why is there an issue? So some are legal and some are illegal, is that right? Yes, they are. And in fact, there are many, uh, many illegal running. And uh, the report that was uh, yesterday uh, run by um, uh, the Office of uh, Ombudsman, they, uh, they also uh, told us that um, they, they found out there are many illegal ones. And in is, fact, is, illegal, is illegal too harsh a term? I mean, uh, you know, these are, I mean, what, what illegal makes them sound like they're cocaine drug smugglers or something? <laughs> why, 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 is it, why is it so like, ooh, illegal? What, what's the problem? They don't have license on, on and they, they don't meet the requirement uh, from the t um, transportation department. So that's why uh, some, of, some of the ferry, uh, just like uh, York, you know, you, you see many uh, Western Wuyorch, they, they, uh, they use it in Saigon or Clearwater Bay or even New Territories. They, they, they are classified as uh, Class 4 for, for the license, and they are not allowed to um, carry the passengers from pier to pier or island to island. So that, that kind of different. So similar to, you know, the taxi, the, the license taxi and the Uber. So this is the situation right now, and some the, the most difficulty is that um, they don't have the third-party life uh, insurance mm -hmm. being covered. So once, uh, and in fact, um, the general public uh, find difficult to identify whether the licensed title service is is uh, is uh, which one is the licensed one, or which one are just the uh, cast for yacht. Uh, they are which they are only cover their own operator uh, insurance, but not the rest of the uh, passengers. So that kind of uh, the issue that we we need to overcome. And in fact, um, uh, in 2018, four years ago, uh, in our second district council, we also. Uh, pass a motion urging the marine department to set to step up monitoring the Kaito uh, ferry service. So, but uh, obviously, from the uh, report that yesterday, that uh, from the office of Obersman, seems that uh, um, the performance is far below the public expectation. And is is the problem that maybe they just don't have a little bit of the right paperwork in place? So has there been a, a, a spate of people being ripped off by these guys taken out in the ocean and told they got to pay more, or, or you know, where the boat sank and people drowned and died? I mean, is it? Dire, or is it just a matter of helping some people to get their paperwork together? I, I think uh, in both. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, there, there are many. Uh, the need is, is is there. There are many people uh, uh, crazy to to uh, cycle or any pier on the beach, and and that's why the surface uh, there, there's a, de a high demand from from uh, the general public uh, to use that kind of uh, no nicened. Uh, yacht mm -hmm. to, 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 to the beach. In fact, uh, I think uh, the transportation department is, is supposed to be, uh, it, they are the con uh, monitoring and the responsibility to have licensed uh, that kind of ferry or even the yacht or even the speedboat. Uh, I think they, they need to line up or uh, uh, review their, their whole, whole bunch of uh, license, license process. 
maybe they they can uh, release or somehow or or up, upgrade some standard to meet the the need of the the, the general public. Right, but I mean the the demand is there. The boats are seaworthy. People are getting where they're going. As far as I know, nobody has drowned or died in an accident on one of these boats. Um, I mean, is is kind of a heavy hand of policing the way forward, or is it maybe just encourage these people to get to get registered and uh, you know then everybody can continue on uh, getting to their islands, making a little bit of money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's one seems more punitive and the other seems more like helping. I I, I think <laughs> they, I think the government should should uh, carefully think uh, on different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, they besides the. Uh, patrolling more to to compact those that kind of uh, no nice yachts. Besides this kind of uh, action, they they I think they should um, they should uh, upgrade or educate more educate uh, those um, um, uh, driver. I mean the the yacht or even the kaito service. Whether they they are uh, you know because they some of them even they they don't even uh, train well. Uh, for the general public to wear the life jacket, mm. so uh, well we, we we can't wait. You know, there's any uh, the accident happen, then then we, we work it out. Then even one accident is too much. So I would suggest uh, the government should uh, take action immediately. And in fact, um, if the if the demand is there, I think they, uh, the the transportation department and as well as the marine department, they they should completely review the whole process on uh, how they can uh, uh, raise up the uh, increases uh, safety standard to to uh, accommodate those uh, those those needs have, have any of the people running these businesses come to you and said hey uh, you know we're doing something we think is a valuable service we understand there might be some questions about licensing status uh, you know what what can we do as as a group to you know, raise our standards and make sure that everybody's happy. Is it, have you have those types of people approached you? Yes, uh, it is um, both type of people. Even the licensed title uh, operator, they found difficulties in uh, running the service because uh, some routine they are running some routine uh, service. For example, like uh, uh, Donglong Do, Donglong Island to Taiwan uh, Hall, that kind of uh, routine title um, uh, ferry. They also uh, they they spend a lot of money in uh, maintaining the boat and ferry, mm-hmm. and of course they raise the question that. Uh, why? Why I pay for those kind of uh, heavy loading uh, maintenance costs? But in in, in a way, there are so many you not know, unlicensed uh, services are uh, uh, you know uh, uh, getting their 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 their, their uh, profit or in a way. So both party and some um, some group. Uh, there are some association also uh, for running those yachts or. Uh, um, uh, Sam, Sam, not Sampan, maybe Speedboat, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, operator, they also ask for our help, see whether they can upgrade the service. No matter the, uh, the safety or the five safety uh, or um, the standard of those kind of goods. In fact, if there's some limitation on on the um, how many headcount to to get to, uh, which can who can uh, get into boat? Uh, do they have enough uh, life jacket? Do they have educate though, uh, enough to the to the passenger before they get into 
the the votes. That kind of service, I think they they got to um, review and um, let the let it work out. So I think uh, since the demand for the the yacht or the title service are are, are available and so much mm-hmm. business, so I think it would be uh, possible to to um, run out this kind of uh, uh, to review the or correct the the way on on the platform. Okay. Great. Well, I hope you're right. I hope we can work this all out and maintain some of that, that entrepreneurial zeal that Hong Kong is so famous for. Yeah. Chris, Christine Fong, Sai Kung District Counselor, thank you for joining us on Backchat today. That's back chat for this week. Thanks so much to you for listening, calling, and getting in touch with us today online. Today's show was produced by Yuki Tsong, and our Sandman today was Sam. Make sure you tune in Monday for more back chat with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. The temperature uh, right now mainly fine, very hot and dry during the day today. Max temperature around 34 degrees. Whew. And a couple of degrees higher than that in the new territories. Moderate northerly winds. The weekend is going to be fine and very hot. Dry during in the next few days. There's a super typhoon, Hinan Moor, out there. But don't worry, it doesn't look like it's heading our way. Our temperature is 28 degrees Celsius and the humidity is 66%. This is Backchat. I'm Dr. Siu Kao pediatric respirologist. The best protection for kids aged 6 months or above against the surging pandemic is arranging for them to get COVID-19 jabs. Catching COVID-19 isn't like having a cold or flu. A severe case like encephalitis may lead to intensive care or even death. Vaccination can reduce severe cases in pregnant women, who can then pass antibodies to the fetus. Newborns can also get the antibodies through breastfeeding from vaccinated mothers. Time is 9.30 a.m. in Hong Kong. And now the news with Andrew Chorofsky. Thank you, Andrew. A government pandemic advisor has welcomed plans to expand the vaccine pass scheme to children aged 5 to 11. Professor Lau Yu Lung said the expansion of the scheme would give parents an incentive to get their kids jabbed. He told RTHK's Backchat program that the vaccine...